Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready because with the right ideas and advice me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Today, I'm talking to Brandy Shotwell, who is the principal at Reno Capital Management in Dallas, Texas. With over 20 years experience in finance and real estate, Brandy has funded over $1 billion in real estate projects, ranging from commercial acquisitions to commercial development. Brandy, I am so happy to have you here. We were trying to plan this for a while, and finally, we're oh. able to talk, because I need to talk to Brandy and get the intel on what the heck is happening in the market <laughs> everybody else. Right. 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 Everybody <laughs> wants to know, like, what is going on? Is it okay? Yes. Uh, but that's why I really wanted to connect with you and get your expertise. Cause you know, I've met you a number of times. You're, you're very high level and you're doing big deals. And I know you have the Intel into the market. So I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. It is truly a pleasure. I am so glad we were able to finally connect because yeah, it, this is, this is great. I'm, I am honored to be here. Great. So yeah, I've given your, your bio high level, but maybe share a little bit more about your experience in the industry. And I think as well, you know, the last few years have been very different than the last year specifically. So maybe just a bit of an overview of what's been going on in the market. <laughs> I know so much going on. Um, yeah. So I have been in the industry over 20 years. I've been on the commercial side for almost nine now, I think. Um, and you know, I, I love real estate. I, I I love real estate. So, um, and I tend to be more positive than others. So this is not going to be a doom and gloom session because I don't believe in that. Um, but um, it, a lot has changed. And I think, you know, obviously the biggest thing that has changed is the rates. You know, we were living in an era that, you know, we had historically low rates that I'm not, you know, I don't know when we'll see those rates again. <laughs> I do think rates will come down, but I don't think they'll ever be as low as they were. I, I just think that was, you know, it was great while it lasted, but it was, um, it was, it was amazing, but it, it can't, it, it's not sustainable. You know, we, I think we all knew that. So obviously the rates have come up, a uh, volume is down a lot. You know, I think, People are just trying to see, it's like a wait and see. You know, we have another Fed meeting coming up. The Fed meeting last month, the rates did not get raised. And I think that not just investors, but consumers alike, they want to know, like, when will these rate hikes stop? And until then, people are almost frozen. Um, like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if I should be active. I don't know if I should you know, sit on the sidelines and wait. I don't know which role I should play here, but real estate is cyclical, you know? So for those who haven't been in real estate for a long time, haven't been in real estate, um, I always say over 20 years, but it's actually almost 25 now. Um, it's, it's, it's all, it's, it's going to go up and it's going to go down. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. That's just the way it is. Right. And I know people have heard, it's like, you don't, you don't wait and buy real estate, you buy real estate and wait because eventually it will get better. Things will get better. Um, and I think one of the things that we have going for us 
um, as a whole, as a country, regardless of which side of the spectrum you're on, is we have an election year coming in the U.S. next year. So um, I think, you know, we'll see some we'll see some changes for the positive, in my opinion. And I'm just going off of historical. Right. Just looking back historically, I think we're going to see some changes for the positive. I don't know what what they'll be. Hopefully it'll be lower rates, you know, but I think people are just kind of in a holding pattern overall. Um, there are a lot of people that are still active and still looking and still trying to get deals. But the challenge is that some deals are just not penciling out. A lot of deals are not penciling out, you know, or maybe it's not penciling out for um, uh, Fannie or Freddie, but maybe it will work with bridge. But if you do a bridge right now, you may not be able to raise any money because investors are so scared of it right now. So, so much has changed in the last in the last year, but every change that we've experienced, I feel was like centered around uh, those increasing rates. Yeah, great point. And it's funny because we always have that perspective like, oh, you know, when my um, mortgage was only two or 3%, you don't realize how, how amazing that is. <laughs> yes, exactly. You never, you never know how good you have it. And it's so cliche, but it's true. You know, we, I was doing HELOCs on my properties. I was taking out massive amounts of equity, reinvesting it. And it's like, those strategies are not always workable anymore. And it's like, I should have done more. I should have done this. But that's yes. it's cyclical. And, um, you know, it, it's challenging when you're in the midst of anything to really see an exit or have that long-term perspective. And I think that's what's so valuable in speaking with somebody that's been in the industry for so long where you can kind of see the ups and downs and still have that confidence when right now a lot of people are, you know, slowing down their activity because they don't know what that next move is. And I mean, even if the rate yeah. that would be great because they're still not that high. <laughs> like historically, right? right? right. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. Historically, they are still low and people don't realize that it's like Man, when I got into this business, I can remember commercial real estate was double digits. Like, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. Single family real estate was, you know, if you got an 8%, you were rejoicing. Mm -hmm. But now people are so spoiled because those rates were low for so long. Um, yeah. So, and I think a lot of people are like, is this another 2008? Is this another, you know, 2020 like what is happening right now and you know none of us really know but one thing is for sure is that real estate has always been a great asset class to invest in and historically multifamily has been a great asset class i don't want to say anything is you know i don't want to say one particular asset class is recession proof but when it comes to real estate, that was one of your safe bets. When people can't afford homes because the rates are so high, or um, you know, you have you're, you're experiencing job losses. You know, people are moving out of their house, downsizing. When when this happens, not necessarily today, but when that happens, people are moving into apartments. You know, they're putting stuff in storage, which is another asset class that performs well in this market. In, in this type of economic climate, but a multifamily is still a great asset. 
asset class. Uh, Definitely. And it's funny because I have some um, smaller assets in Toronto and I was talking to somebody the other day and they were looking at, okay, well, if I buy a a duplex or something, well, yeah, if one tenant moves out, then, you know, you kind of have to scramble, especially with the higher, the higher interest rates and the mortgages to really cover those payments where the benefit is of multifamily, you are able to at some level with the economies of scale, have a little bit more security and stability. And all of us, of course, are being more careful in which assets to choose. But I think that those extra set of eyes, like, you know, look, not everything's always bad. All these extra sets of eyes and due diligence and processes that are going on in the multifamily sector right now, I feel like it is a great time for investors to get in because everybody is so much more cautious um, and diligent about the kind of deals that they are bringing to the table, especially to investors. So there's always good and the bad, like anything. Um, right, yeah, right. That's the way it goes. And for you right now, Brandy, like when you look at um, commercial real estate investing, for somebody who's passively getting into the space, for example, and they're they're looking at syndications, what would you say kind of the benefit is in our environment right now? You know, versus before, but in now, right, especially of getting into this type of asset class. Like, why would you do that rather than you know purchasing your own your own rental property or, or other types of investment opportunities? Yeah, so I, I looked at, and I'm a passive investor as well. And so um, for me, and I can only speak to, to me, but for me, um, passive investing is one of those where one is a huge tax benefit, right? So that was that was one of my main things. I was like, oh my gosh, like this exists. Yeah, I need to be doing this because I want those tax advantages. Um, the second thing for me was that, you know, having a, a, a lead that I trust is super important because it's kind of like, okay, I've, I'm going to probably show my age here, but do you remember those rotisserie chicken things? Um, it's like a rotisserie machine and they would do these infomercials and it would be like, set it and forget it. And so people were like using that hashtag. Well, it wasn't hashtag then, but it was like, oh, set it and forget it. So for me, uh, passive investing is one of those things when you are investing, you're not just investing in, in the property, but you're also investing in the lead sponsor and, you know, someone with a proven track, track record. For me, it was one of those things where I can set it and forget it. I can put that money there. I can let that money work for me. And because I'm a busy professional, it doesn't require a lot of my time. It doesn't, it doesn't require anything for me versus being hands-on. And it's just, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And I tell people all the time, when you go from a passive to, to an active lead sponsor on a deal, you really get to see the amount of work that goes into it. And I think you have a newfound respect if you're coming from the passive world into the active world. And so um, for me, it was just, hey, I want to be able to invest in something where I have tax advantages, but also something that's not going to be take a lot of work and be a headache for me because I'm too busy. I'm busy making the money, but I need my money to work for me as well. And that was a way for me to do that. 
Yeah. And I think it's so relatable, right? Like this day and age, a lot of less of us are handy. <laughs> I'm not out here, you know, hammering yeah. pounds, although I did do it when I was a kid, when I helped my dad with his investment properties, but it's just, it's a very uh, logical type of investment model. I think that's why the syndication model has proliferated, but it's interesting because when I talk to people, they still don't, they don't know about it, right? They know what real estate is, but they don't necessarily know. Yeah. And that's one of the big things for me, especially, you know, I'm, I know you're a mom and I'm a mom and with, I have two little kids and I I was also a realtor for years and it's like i'm not about to go out and manage all these assets but i still want those amazing tax advantages of of being invested in real estate in that sense of security and stability that it is a hard asset so yes i'm totally in line with you of the passive investment side of it um but also knowing yeah. that there is a real asset with things that go on on the other side of things that are getting managed for you uh so you don't know that essentially right and uh yeah yeah. And in terms of the the uh, interest rate conversation, so are you seeing right now, it's the same kind of thing happening in the commercial and residential space, correct? Or are there different dynamics at play uh, when you're getting into these multifamily assets in how they're looked at from a bank's perspective versus kind of the smaller assets that maybe somebody would go and buy like a duplex? Yeah. So um, right now, well, I mean, a lot of regional banks, like we saw what happened with those bank failures. A lot of regional banks are on pause right now. They're not lending or they're being very meticulous on what they land on. Um, um, and so that's one aspect. On the multifamily side, you have Fannie and Freddie, um, you have HUD, you have CNBS. Those agencies are mandated to put liquidity into the market, regardless if the if the market is going up or down. So now it doesn't mean that they won't put certain restrictions in place and things of that nature. But um, what in terms of the actual interest rate, all interest rates are. Let me put it this way: Fannie and Freddie's rates right now. Depending on the term and the loan size, you may be able to get into the high fives. But recently, the rates in the last couple of weeks, the rates have jumped up. So for the first time in a long time, I'm seeing rates with a seven handle on it. And I have not seen that in a while. Um, I haven't seen that in a few years. Um, in the commercial space, uh, if you were to go to like a local bank or something like that for a duplex, you're going to be in the eight and a half, nine percent space, right? Because those rates are based off of prime rate with a spread on top of that. Um, and then with um, Fannie and Freddie, those are based off the 10 year treasury with the spread on top of that. So if you compare apples to apples, you know, your, your, your duplex where you would go into a local bank because it's not considered commercial is one to four units, you're going to be paying a slightly high, higher rate for a fixed rate product versus what you would pay for a fixed rate product on a multifamily property that's stabilized. Now, if you want to discuss bridge loans and stuff like that, oh, that's definitely in the nines and very comparable to what that fixed rate product uh, looks like for um, for your one to four units. Uh, and I do uh, on single family. I think the pricing because my banker actually sends me rates on a weekly basis, but I think it's still in the six to seven percent range for a personal home, single family personal home. So still, you know, very comparable to um, 
to uh, Fannie and Freddie on the multifamily side for a fixed rate stabilized product. But that is for a owner occupied home, you know, not an investment property. Not an investment. And it's interesting because I had somebody asked me the other day, which is a great question. They said, do I have to qualify um, for a mortgage like as a passive investor? Because it's such a it, when it's a new space, you're not sure what questions to ask. And I was like, well, no. Right. It's actually the, the the deal team that's dealing with all of that. So the benefit to a passive investor is they wouldn't have to go out and qualify for that higher mortgage to get into an investment type asset. They just get to passively invest with the team that's already done all that for them. So it's an Another really, really great advantage, especially if you're trying to qualify in this higher rate environment, um, you know, and the challenges with job losses, all the stuff that's kind of going on in the news that I try not yeah. to, but the great, right? Thing, yeah. Like I just, I just turn it off. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm like, blissfully <laughs> ignorant. I just like put my head down and work. Um, but really that that's the thing. There are so many more advantages where you get to get into these, these spaces. And like you said, the government kind of mandates this money to flow through to keep this more market moving because private money, like it actually is, it has a big impact on the economy, right? Like all these deals need to happen. People need places to live. Um, there yes. has to get invested. So it is a very interesting yeah. um, dynamic at some level. Yeah. A hundred percent it is. Yeah. Are you a female founder that wants to confidently diversify her portfolio, make passive cash flow, and build wealth? Then you cannot miss the Passive Real Estate Wealth Virtual Summit designed specifically for 250K plus female founders I'm hosting on September 21st and 22nd. Grab your ticket and join me and 10 incredible female real estate investing experts as we dive into the old boys club of lucrative real estate investing the passive way. Go to www.passiverealestatewealth.com to apply for one of the limited number of free digital tickets. I cannot wait to see you there and for you brandy like when you um were first getting into passive investing like what brought you to syndications because you're you're at an elevated perspective right like you're in the mortgage industry you know a lot more than the average person so why did you go into this asset class i know you mentioned tax advantages but i'm sure there's other ways that you could have invested in terms of real estate um, but when you found syndications like what was that first step for you in getting in uh, and what was that really thing that moved the needle that made you go okay like i'm i'm in i'm going for it yeah, I mean, here's the thing. When you're in this space and you're watching people around you make money, you want to be a part of it. So it's like, it, to me, it's a no-brainer, right? It's like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm underwriting the deal. I'm looking at the deal. I'm financing the deal. I am intimately connected to everybody that touches this deal. And I'm, I'm seeing the su- success that they're having, and I want to be a part of it. So for me, that was really the catalyst everything else was like icing on the top, like the tax advantages, the, you know, the passive part where I'm I'm hands off. I don't have to be, you know, actively involved every day. So, but, but it was like, wow, people are making money in this space and I want to be a part of it. Now I am invested in other, uh, uh, real estate. Of course, I believe in diversification. (laughs) So I am invested in other types of real estate, but I love multifamily. Yeah. And I always feel like it's diversification within real estate is still diversification. You're, there's so many opportunities yes. uh, to be in different- so many opportunities. Yes. You can, you can do single family, you can do. And I mean, I feel like 
lately, I don't know how, how, how you feel about this, but, um, I've been seeing syndication. I feel like for a while, syndication was specifically used for multifamily, right? And then now you're seeing it used on other asset classes. I've seen it on ATMs, car washes, you know, land development, um, uh, oil and gas. I mean, I've seen it on so many other things now. Whereas before, years ago, it was like, oh, it was just on, you know, one particular asset class. So you can really get involved in the in the space, in in the syndication, um, and you know, and it and be a passive investor in other capacities. But I just feel like, you know, if if you're first starting out, you want to go with the asset class that has been proven to be successful no matter what the market is. So I wouldn't recommend to an unseasoned investor to, oh yeah, just go invest in something else that's not multifamily if you haven't you know, invested in a syndication before. Um, I've, but that's just my personal opinion. But that, that would be my advice to a new, um, a new passive investor. I would say, you know, you wanna, you wanna invest in this economic climate. You wanna invest in something that has been proven to be successful regardless of what the market is doing. Yeah, that's a great point because we all kind of know an apartment building. I grew up in apartment building when I was a kid. A lot of these assets, you can go visit them. Actually, all of them, if they're multifamily, you can go to the physical asset, walk around and see that it's a living, breathing, not a living, breathing. But you know what I mean? Like it's a real. Yes, yes. It's a real thing. Yeah. Which I think is so valuable for people when they are getting into maybe a new or innovative investment vehicle, like a syndication, which isn't so much. But like I was saying, not people don't always know what that is outside of the, this commercial world that we're in. And you sometimes forget that we're so immersive, yeah. it's not as publicly uh, spoken about, right? And for yeah. you, I did have a question about the commercial space. So it's very, there's it's very male dominated. <laughs> so do you do you find yes, it as, is. yeah, as like a really powerful woman in this space? Like, how has that been for you? Have you seen that it's changing now? Like, what are your thoughts on the on the industry itself? Oh man, I wish it was changing more and more. I want to see more women getting involved in it. But when I go to industry specific conferences, and even when I go to multifamily conferences, there are not a lot of women in the room. And the women that are in the room, they're support staff of some sort. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not talking down on that at all. But I do want to see more women involved in this space, so more women involved in syndication space, more women involved in commercial real estate sales, commercial mortgage brokers like myself. You, you know, you want to see more women involved. I have been in a room multiple times, too many times to count, where, you know, we are less than 5% in the room, you know, and it's it's the older white male, you know? So it's like, we need to see more women involved, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know what to do to encourage that. You know, I, I taught a class, oh gosh, this may have been about four years ago now to um, some up and coming real estate uh, agents that were trying to get into, it was like, it was a, like a program they would go through where they would get their license. And then after they got their license, they would come through this program to get a different level of certification. And um, I was encouraging them, you know, like, gosh, 
there are no women in this space. Get into this space if you can. You know, it's I I there are there there is there are some people that are, you know, misogynistic or what have you, but overall my experience has been very, very positive and it's been been I've been received very well in this industry. And so um you just have to stake your claim and, and make your way. But would we'll love to see more women in this space, 100. percent Yeah, I find that yeah. Once you get into it, I've I've never had any issues really. For the most part, everybody's pretty friendly. <laughs> and yes, and I think that's I think, but that's really it's it's more about the the perception of a thing than the reality of the thing, right? Because you've obviously yeah. been you've been highly successful. I know so many great women that are in real estate. I mean, when I was a real estate agent, um, uh, women were dominating. Like we, but I think it's because it's more emotional. It's residential, so there's kind of that like mindset around it. Um, but yeah, like, yeah you know, as things are changing and the world evolves, it's just naturally that you're going to start to see more women coming into it. But at the same time, we need trailblazers like you to kind of show, hey, look, it's totally cool over here. <laughs> like, like yes, like it's totally cool. Just come yeah. on. Yeah, I've been, I mean, even from a mentor perspective, um, I've, I've had, obviously, because there were no women involved, I've had male mentors. And it was just always a really positive experience. And I even have one that he was just like, we've got to get more women in the space. I, I think even it's such a lack thereof that even men are like, man, it's not a lot of women in this space, you know? So yeah, definitely we need, we need, we need more women. We need more of us in this space for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, you heard me now. I'm like, this is the, the encouraging piece. I think that's the main thing is just hearing other people talk about it makes such a difference. Um, and for you right yeah. now, like, what are you focusing on in your business? Cause we, cause it has changed right now. It's slower as you've mentioned, you know, yeah. caution in the market. So what does it look like for you right now? What are you doing? And what do you think that the passive investors that are looking to get into this asset class, what should they be doing right now in this season of, you know, interest rates and all the news and all the fear that's going on what would that what would that like yeah. well I, I must say that um I, I am still I am still busy and it's so funny because I was just having a conversation with a client last week and he was just like oh my god you are busy still that is that's a blessing that's amazing and I'm like yeah it is um, I am busy right now with refinances I am busy with you know helping clients that need recaps um, I, I do have some acquisitions going. Um, and, and so that's great. But I will say I am embracing this. Like, I feel like I have been going a thousand miles per hour for the last three, four years. And just just being able to breathe a little bit. I'm like, I'm so, so grateful. I'm like, I needed this pause. Um and I don't want to say pause, but I needed to slow down a little bit just, you know, to, to regroup. But what I am encouraging people to do is this is the time where we do this, right? We talk, we do uh, Zooms, we meet people in person, we go meet with our, with our brokers and our um, sales brokers in different markets. We talk to the leads that we want to like, hey, I saw you raising on that deal last year. How did it turn out? Hey, let me know when you got another deal coming up because I want to get involved some way, somehow. 
So these are the times where you really build those relationships. This is not the time to just sleep and just wait, right? You still need to be very active. And I think that this is a great time to build those relationships because those people that you've been trying to track down or wanting to connect with, they're finally able to breathe. <laughs> and they have some time in their um, uh, calendar to finally meet with you when they've been running, running, running full steam ahead for the last few years. Now it's like, okay, these are the times to me that you build those relationships. You connect with those people that you want to work with. You find out about what's happening in the market. You go to events that are happening and network with people there. You know, those events that you couldn't go to before because you were so busy or, you know, what have you, now you can make it to those events. So I think um, just be intentional with with your time and have a more of a sniper approach with who you want to connect with, because now is the time because things will pick up. Real estate is cyclical. It's going to pick up and it's going to be just like it was where everybody is so busy. But we just, you know, right right now we're just in a in a different in a different time. Yeah, I think that's, but that's what I would be doing. Yeah, because it feels um, that that's life, right? Like it's it's ebbs and flows, and it's taking advantage of in this season. What is the most highest and best use of my time, and where can I really reflect on? I mean, maybe all all the past few years, what that was like in contrast to now. It's such a good ability to reflect and see what the next few steps are going to look like, and being strategic in those alliances and relationships. And I agree because I'm telling um, investors right now, you know, maybe there's not a deal tomorrow, but learning about the syndication space, making connections, like getting educated now so that when deals do come out, you're ready to go. You're not before yes. you're like, I actually completely understand things now. And I'm feeling really empowered to like take that step, knowing once again, that things have been very diligently <laughs> reviewed, not that they weren't before they always have been, but just the, the, yeah you are in farther between. So you know that the ones that do come through are, are really, you know, there for a reason. And it took a lot of work to get it on the table. Right. So that's what yes. I such good, a such good way to use time. And um, for you right now, Brandy, how do you think the next few months are going to look just from a, you know, I, you're the mortgage expert. That's why I had you here. Is there anything that we should be looking out for in the next few months? I know you mentioned there's some announcements coming up, but just to prepare, um, I guess, essentially for this year, what would somebody be doing to prepare uh, in terms of uh, interest rates and such? Yeah. So it's really hard because we don't know what's going to happen. Right. Um, and I feel like historically, um, this, this is a weird spot for commercial real estate. Like, so I feel like, you know, this, this, it will be interesting to see how it all plays out, you know, up until well, I should, I would, I've been saying all year that in these last, in the last, you know, the third quarter, the fourth quarter, I feel like we're going to see rates trend down. Um, and now that we're closer to that time, maybe in the fourth quarter, I, when I'm talking to lenders, they're still hopeful that we're going to see rates come down um, because we have not seen rates this high in a long time. They're still historically low. They're still not double digits. But when they were 3% and now they're 7%, you know, it just, it's like, wow, that's a huge difference um, in such a, in such a, you know, fast amount of time. And I, and I think that that is the challenge is that it wasn't that the rates rose, it was the speed in which they did. 
that made it more challenging. So um, just keep your eye on the treasury, you know, stay informed, stay the 10 year treasury, stay, stay informed, stay in the know, keep up with the fan announcements, you know, and, you know, be in the know as much as you can about what's going on and what's happening. Cause it's really, it, it's really not much you can do other than to ride this wave, right? It's going to normalize and going to, things are going to get back to whatever our normal is at that point. But, um, you know, you utilize this time to educate yourself and stay in the know of what's going on. Those are the two things that I would do. And as a passive investor, I would be looking at making those connections, like I was saying, you know, making sure I'm staying in touch with the people that I want to invest with. Yeah. Well, great advice from you as always. I thought I was so happy to talk to you today. Brandy, where can people find you if they want to connect with you and learn more? So the best way to reach me is on my website is um, renocm.com, R-E-N-O-C-M.com. And my email is there. My phone is there. Um, so reach out, you know, let me know how I can help. I try to be a, a resource for, you know, passive and active investors alike. If there's anything I can share or provide, I always will do that. So, yeah. Great. We'll make sure to put those in the show notes. Brandy, thank you so much for coming on today. Yes, thank you for having me. It was great talking to you. You too. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay. Thank you for tuning into the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you got value from this week's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It truly means so much to me to get this information out to more trailblazing women like you. And don't forget, if you haven't secured one of the limited number of free digital tickets for the Passive Real Estate Wealth Virtual Summit happening on September 21st and 22nd, go to www.passiverealestatewealth.com to apply now and join me and 10 incredible female real estate investing experts for this exclusive online event where 250K plus female founders transition from being real estate newcomers to confidently managing a growing passive real estate portfolio. I can not wait to see you there.